Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we will be conducting the 2020 Atlanta Falcons Fantasy Football Team Preview. Have already completed the NFC and AFC North, AFC South. We've gone through the Panthers, the Buccaneers, and now we're on the Falcons. So without further ado, your 2020 Atlanta Falcons Fantasy Football Team Preview. Starts under center with the same man, been there for a long time, Matt Ryan. Now 35 years old, took a league high, 48 sacks last season. And, you know, was doing it playing through a painful ankle injury the whole way. And, I mean, it's worth mentioning with these sacks, not all sacks are created equal. A lot of times, you know, sacks are actually due to what's going on under center. I mean, PFF has shown over time that usually pressures and sacks are more of a quarterback stat than an offensive line stat. Of course, there are exceptions to every rule. So one of the things I looked at, try to get a feel for which quarterbacks, you know, were being pressured a lot, but it was their fault was I took their time to throw rank. So who who is getting the ball out at an above average rate, yet still being pressured at an above average rate? And there's only 10 quarterbacks that had a pressure rate above the samples average and a quick release under, you know, the samples average. And Matt Ryan, unfortunately, came in third in that in that ranking. I mean, he was 14th in the quickest time to throw last season, 36th in pressure rank. Only the Miami QBs and Rosen and Fitzpatrick, you know, had larger splits between it. So truly, this was a situation where we can blame the offensive line more so than Matt Ryan. They brought back all five starters on the offensive line, but, you know, continuity of a bad unit isn't particularly a good thing. I'm a little concerned for Matt Ryan uh, moving on m- moving on here because, look, if healthy, if Julio, Ridley, they're fine. If Hurst kind of fulfills expectation, Gurley gives us a little bit, I, I see the path to a very good offense. But low-key, this Falcons offense is one injury away at almost any position from starting to, you know, having some struggles there. And there were two games last year where something named Christian Blake had nine targets. This is a team that really didn't have any depth to be any depth to begin with. They traded away Sanu. They didn't draft any more receivers. They added Gurley and they kept the rest of their backup running backs. And, you know, they put a lot on the plate for Hurst. So it's just a situation where I think they could have done more to try to help Matt Ryan out. I guess, I mean, their finances are not all out together. The defense obviously needs plenty of help, but you know there's a reason why this wasn't a very good team for the majority of at least the first couple months of last season. I mean, Matt Ryan, 6.9 yards per attempt was his lowest since 2013. We even saw you know his adjusted completion percentage, you know, which factors in drops and throws out of bounds and stuff. That was his worst mark at 74.8 percent since 2012. And I just don't know if they did anything in this offseason to really, you know, suggest a major turnaround is on the way. And, you know, we see uh, aging veteran quarterbacks more than ever these days continue to put up big, big statistical seasons, you know, fresh off throwing, tying for the most pass attempts in the league. I, I see where Ryan can be this productive fantasy quarterback on a bad team, but I am not going out of my way to get him in fantasy drafts. I would just rather have, you know, ideally that veteran gunslinger on a better team, someone like Brady or Stafford. I am prioritizing both of them ahead of Matt Ryan this year. On the backfield where, look, I, I'm out on Todd Gurley at his current ADP. Everyone's kind of expecting him to get this three-down roll that he's had in the past. Well, he had that in in Los Angeles with the Rams 
under Sean McVay. That is not normal for a running back to get 80-90% snaps. I mean, the only guys that truly do that in the league are McCaffrey, Saquon, and Zeke. Consistently, I mean, those are truly the only three guys. And you just look at Gurley, and I don't know why people are expecting him to get that, because that's not what the Falcons have done. Devontae Freeman, pretty solid back himself. And maybe you want to argue that Gurley is just so much more advanced as an all-around player that, you know, Freeman can't hold his jock strap, all that. I wouldn't agree with that. And Freeman, look, he played at least 60% of the offensive snaps in just 14 of 36 games with Tevin Coleman and or Ito Smith healthy. And that's only 39% of the games that Freeman was, you know, clearly working as the offense's lead back. Now, when Coleman or Ito got hurt, it was no question. I mean, Gurley, it was 13 of 15 games that Freeman had at least 60% of the offensive snaps. That's 87% of the time when the team's backup RB was injured. So, I mean, we got Ido Smith, Brian Hill, Quadri Allison. I would say Brian Hill is the best of that group, even though Ido kind of had the more efficient regular season last year. Kind of backed up by, you know, there were some rumblings in the media that uh, Falcons players reportedly thought Brian Hill did enough to earn, you know, an actual chance to run away with the starting job. They didn't know if they needed to bring in Gurley. But look, I mean, maybe Gurley is what he needs. He's in an arguably better offense, I you know, not play caller wise, but just considering Matt Ryan, considering the stage the Rams offensive line was in last year. Obviously, the 2020 Falcons offense won't be better than the 2017-2018 Rams offenses, but it's not too big of a stretch to say they could be better than 2019 offense. And there is a lot of work available. I mean, the Falcons are one of just seven teams with 150 or more carries unaccounted for. They have the most available targets. I mean, there's a there's a scenario where Gurley does his thing, but I just think treating the guy as the top 20 back as a likely lead committee back in an offense that just seems more man than good, I am largely fading Gurley in favor of some baller wide receiver you could draft at that same spot. Speaking of baller wide receivers, the Falcons have two. We all know Julio Jones, and he's still doing his thing. Now, he did drop off a little bit last season. I mean, this guy had averaged over three yards per route run in each of 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. He was at 2.9. I mean, just the NFL's king wide receiver in efficiency on a per-route basis over the last half decade. If he could just score touchdowns, then, you know, it would be a much, much, uh, I think, strong conversation to make him, you know, the true king of the wide receiver from 2010 to 2019 over Antonio Brown. But without the touchdowns, I just think, you know, football is a game ultimately about scoring points. So I would have to give the nod to AB there. Anyway, Julio in 2019, you know, he ranked only fifth in the league with just 2.44 yards per route run, career low 8.9 yards per target. These are still Pretty much awesome numbers for any wide receiver. It's just, you know, we expect so much from Julio that it's a little bit alarming to see these, you know, drops come. He was still the PPR wide receiver three with this. I mean, there's little no reason to expect this guy not to get 150 or more targets again in 2020. I mean, continue to lock Julio in as a high-end wide receiver one until we think that volume's going anywhere. Because even if he does continue to slip a little bit efficiency-wise, there's just still so much volume that, honestly, in fantasy land, that is more than okay. But on the controversial one of the group. Now, as a founding member of the 2020 Calvin Ridley equals 2019 Chris Goblin fan club, this is truly an exciting time for me to tell you all why you need to leave fantasy drafts with Calvin Ridley in 2020. The guy has only had eight games 
with at least eight targets. Now, here are the following stat lines. I'm going to list them pretty quickly. Just know that, you know, here's the first one. Seven receptions, 146 yards, three touchdowns. So seven, 146, three. That's what that's referring to. The other seven games, he went six, 71, and one. He went eight, 93, and one. Eight, 105, one. Five, 88, one. Eight, 143, one. Six, 85, one. And eight, 91, zero. This dude caught at least five passes, over 70 yards in every single one of these games. And he scored nine touchdowns in those eight games. That is some serious wide receiver one-ish, everyone. And look, and if you want to say, okay, where are those targets coming from? He's getting the targets this year because Mohamed Sanu is gone. And we saw this happen last year where in six games after Sanu left, Ridley averaged 17.5 PPR points per game. Like that would have ranked seventh among all wideouts if extrapolated over the entire season. This is the most pass-happy offense in the league from a year ago. I'm not saying Ridley is necessarily a better talent than Chris Goblin, but we have a proven very good wide receiver, even if he's not quite as good as Goblin. I mean, you can't look at Ridley over these last two years and say the guy's anything other than a great wide receiver. Proven talent with an influx of op- newfound opportunity, thanks to you know an uh, incumbent starter leaving in Muhammad Sanu. He's getting featured in the passing game, and you know it's just a situation where we need to trust Ridley as the top twelve wide receiver that he's being set up to be, even if. That is a little high. If I'm high on the guy and, you know, he's not going to be his PPR wide receiver one, I still think when we consider that there's 4.3 combinations of teammates per year in terms of this one offense enabling two top 24 PPR wide receivers, the Falcons should be on anyone's list as a prime offense to do so in 2020. So I'm buying all the Calvin Ridley this year and, you know, don't be afraid to go after Julio Jones. Another guy in this offense, including, you know, Gurley and also Hayden Hurst, I will largely be fading. And in fact, I did an article just looking at my rankings versus ADP to see who I was, you know, the highest on, the lowest. And man, Hayden Hurst just came in rough. And I loved getting Hurst, you know, earlier in June and even May when he was initially traded the Falcons and his ADP was in that tight end 15, even tight end 20 range. But now this dude is going off the board as a top 10 tight end. And yeah, he was efficient with the Ravens and uh, he had that, you know, long catch and run where his like next gen stats speed was legit one, like the highest marks they had on the season from the position. But this is still a guy, you know, 34th percentile spark score. He's not an overwhelmingly great athlete. He lost a position battle to Mark Andrews, which shouldn't be held against him. But like, look at South Carolina. This guy scored three receiving touchdowns his last two years there, you know, 48 catches for 616 yards and 44 catches for 559 yards. I just don't think that just because Austin Hooper had a bunch of success in 2018, 2019, that we should immediately expect Hurst to come in and post top 10 production as well. It wouldn't be shocking at all if both Gurley and Gage and Ridley and Julio work ahead of Hurst in this unproven passing game. And yeah, could Hurst do it? Sure. I I see how it could work, you know, if... Falcons continue to trail a lot, and as Hooper got most of his production last year trailing, we're again not expecting the Falcons to be great. Hurst does seem talented enough to do a lot with, you know, a 90-plus target role. I just think we're taking a lot for granted here in an unproven offense. And to see that top 10 ADP, I mean, that's the issue, everyone. I don't hate Hayden Hurst, the player, but I hate Hayden Hurst at the tight end 9 ADP that he is currently. So going on to the ranks, I have Matt Ryan as my QB 15, one spot behind Daniel Jones, one spot ahead of Aaron Rodgers. 
Honestly, I would probably move him ahead of Daniel Jones, like just talking to y'all out there right now. Uh, just a little more worried about Jason Garrett uh, being the commander of that Giants offense the more I think about it. But either way, I am a little bit lower uh, on that than the consensus. There's never been a rushing floor there, and I just think, you know, give me the Breeze, Staffords, Bradys of the world before we're going to a probably – you know, not great Falcons team. Uh, at running back, I have Todd Gurley as my RB21, one spot behind Leonard Fournette, one spot ahead of Le'Veon Bell. It comes down to workload. I mean, we know the same talent almost assuredly isn't there, so I'm not going to take this dude in the teens over someone like, you know, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, who I think could still be a similarly talented player, but, you know, we have other questions. But the workload's an issue, too, and, like, that's why I have Fournette and even uh, David Montgomery over Gurley. I just don't think the uh, 300-plus touch workload that everyone assumes Gurley's getting won't necessarily be there. I have Julio Jones as my wide receiver four, one spot behind Tyreek, one spot ahead of uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I would say there's a gap between Hill and uh, Julio. I would take um, some of these top 12 running backs before I would take Julio in drafts. But, you know, floor's always been the roof for that guy. So you, you can't go wrong with Julio Jones on the squad. Calvin Ridley is my wide receiver 12, one spot ahead of uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, one spot behind Robert Woods. Hey, guys. 2019 Chris Goblin, 2020 Calvin Ridley. Heard it here first. Check the receipts. Go on Twitter, check the receipts. See who said that first. And, and you'll, you'll find out. You'll know. Uh, at tight end, I have Hayden Hurst as my tight end. 17, one spot behind Jonu Smith. One spot ahead of Austin Hooper. Look, t- players changing teams generally is not good. This is a crazy offseason. Both, both Hooper and Hurst are in, you know, not overly crowded passing games, but both of them are in passing games where, you know, clearly the wide receiver one and wide receiver two are going to be the top two targets. And then we could even have running backs and more guys involved as well. So I am happy to let someone else draft Hurst uh, well above that range. I will not be the one reaching on him. Win total for the Falcons is seven and a half. I'm inclined to take the under here. You know, it's just another year where they didn't do anything major in the coaching staff other than just trying to recycle through these coordinators. I know they had some nice second half success last season, but just never was there a point in the season where it seemed like this was a team that, you know, was just a player or two away from making a bunch of noise. You know, they added Dante Fowler trying to juice up their pass rush, but secondary remains a mess. And, you know, going back to the offense, if any of Ridley, Julio, Matt Ryan, even, you know, Gurley, Hurst, any of them get hurt, we have all sorts of unproven commodities behind them. I'm taking under seven and a half wins in a tough division uh, for a team that I think has already seen, you know, their peak come and go. So thank you all for listening. This was the Atlanta Falcons 2020 Fantasy Football Team Preview. I'm Ian Harditz, and until the next time, take care, everyone. <laughs>